Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Evanston. This Sunday sermon was given by guest speaker, Reverend Amanda Goldbeck. If you'd like more information about First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, please visit firstpresevanston.org. Our scripture reading today is from the Apostle Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 5, verses 16 through 21. It's found in the New Testament section of our Pew Bible on page 173. Please join me in a prayer for illumination. O oh God, source of all light and life, pour out upon us the spirit of understanding that being taught by you through Holy Scripture, our hearts and minds may be opened to hear what you have to say to us today. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. From now on, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We entreat you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy God, open our hearts this day. The words of scripture might fall on us anew, that the meditations of all of our hearts might move us along new paths. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Today, we continue our Lenten series on walking the path of faith. Each week, we have been reflecting on the choices that every disciple has make while journeying with Christ. This morning, we are looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 21, and exploring what it has to say to us 
about the call to live a new life in Christ. I don't know about you, but during the initial pandemic lockdown, I fell hard down the rabbit hole of streaming television shows. I exhausted my usual list of Netflix shows, and what that means is that recently, I have had to move deeper into the layers of shows which Netflix offers. Thanks to the suggestion of a friend, I finally watched a show called The Repair Shop. It is a bit like Antiques Roadshow, if you are familiar with that. It is set in a little woodworking shop in England, and each episode highlights two to three antiques that are brought in to be repaired. Some are expensive, others have more sentimental value than any financial worth. I find it fascinating to learn what the items were originally used for or what the history is behind them. I also find it interesting to see all the items because they get, they receive new life. They are made new in their own unique way. The items either get glued back together or have new upholstery put on them or new layers of paint. Personally, I prefer the old over the new. Or maybe I should say, I prefer the old that becomes new once again. I was raised in a house full of antiques, and when I say antiques, I don't mean fine pieces of art or furniture from far-off places. They were pieces that had belonged to my grandparents or great-grandparents. They were items that had the weight of many years of use imprinted on them, but continued to find new life in my family's home. My love of the old is similarly why I prefer sanctuaries like this one. I like the idea of seeing the wear and tear, the scratches and the chipped paint and all the worn spots. Actually, just this last Sunday, as I sat over there in the front pew, I was looking at our piano. If you're on the building team, you might want to close your ears. I noticed how the edge near the keys has become chipped and worn. I wonder the stories that it could tell. As Christian disciples, we live in a tricky paradox, one exemplified by the example of vintage or antique pieces or perhaps even our own sanctuary. We live in the paradox of becoming old, of being worn down by life and the world, while simultaneously being given the opportunity to be made new. We exist in the world, we live lives, and our lives leave marks on us all along the way. Some of these marks are good. They come from the loving and joyful moments that life brings. But many of these marks are signs of the damage and the wear and tear that life brings. We little by little learn life lessons that, if we aren't careful, shape us in rough and jaded ways. Instead of caring about others, we begin to care only about ourselves. Instead of seeking out those ways of being that bring life, we give in to ways of being that bring death. 
The steps towards living in death start out little. One too many drinks here or there. Playing one extra game of cards just among friends. Buying that one extra piece of clothing that we promise we will pay off in next month's credit card bill. Or staying out late with our coworkers just this once to get a break from our kids or our spouse or whatever it might be. Yelling at the nursing aide because we are lonely and angry no one has visited. The world has a special way of wearing us down, of chipping away at us and persuading us to walk a different path. A path that appears as though it comes with renewal, when in actuality, it will lead us to finding ourselves only further and further weary and worn. Today, we hear in our scripture the words of Paul, who, if there were any more trustworthy a source, can surely attest to the harsh realities that exist and the negative ways we are shaped when we diverge from the path of discipleship. Paul proclaims, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. This Paul is a living witness to the truth of these words. He is the former Saul. A man, by all accounts, who hadn't just missed the path of discipleship, but seemingly spent his time actively seeking to destroy it. He persecuted early Christians. His hatred and vengeance ruled his life. But now... In this letter to the Corinthian church, he is the one proclaiming the saving power of Christ. The old has become new. As you may know, Paul's journey to being made new in Christ was not an easy one. It came with a sudden and painful experience. This is often the way that God works in our lives. The discipleship journey is marked with transformative opportunities that from our standpoint often look like we have hit a low, but from God's standpoint looks like we have finally become worn down enough, our lives cracked open just enough that we are ready to see the gift that is Christ Jesus before us. This is both the gift and the challenge that every Christian disciple faces. The gift is that we get to be made new, the challenge is that we get to be made new. The choice we have to make as disciples is whether we will accept the gift and in turn accept the challenge. They are inseparable, as Paul makes clear to the Corinthian church and to us. The gift of being made new in Christ is like no other experience. It begins in a place utterly counter to our understanding of the world which is why Paul exclaims at the beginning of our text that from now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. A human or worldly perspective is blind to what it means to be made new in Christ. To be made new in Christ requires us to accept that every wrong we have done, 
every mistake we have made, every wall we have built between ourselves and God has been removed. God's grace is poured out on us through Christ, and suddenly our transgressions aren't counted against us. Now, this is where the gift becomes the challenge. According to the world, there is no escape from our mistakes. We get one chance, one life. If you're a millennial, YOLO, you only live once. And every little misstep is added up. Keeping score is essential to the world's economy, which is why being a disciple is so hard. Each and every day we have to make the choice to accept our new life in Christ, to turn time and time again to Christ laying bare our transgressions so that they don't weigh us down and lead us off course. The other aspect of this challenge is that we equally have to turn and share this same gift with those around us. Paul explains, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us, has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Discipleship is not a solitary endeavor. God is not interested in having a relationship with just me or just you or or any singular person here. God's plan for the new creation begins with me and it begins with you, but it includes every single person here and in Evanston and in Chicago and in the world. Sound familiar? It should. That last bit is our church's mission statement. Now, the newness that Paul proclaims began incrementally. In the first Christians of the church in Corinth, God stopped them in their tracks and transformed their lives. Through Christ, they were made new, and then as Paul urged them, they were handed the ministry of reconciliation. Christ worked through them, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to continue sharing Christ's reconciliation with the world. In that same spirit, we have been handed this ministry and are, as Paul explains, ambassadors for Christ since God is making his appeal through us. In this season of Lent, We are now closer to Easter than we are to Ash Wednesday. We are now closer to new life given to us through Christ's death on the cross and glorious resurrection than we are to the dust and dirt of sin and death that marked our foreheads. As we continue along on our journey to the cross, we have a choice to make. Are we ready to have our lives, our very being, cracked open? Are we ready to be made new? Are we ready to take on the ministry of reconciliation, becoming ambassadors to and in a world that is desperately yearning for the love of God? As we journey forward in these next few weeks, 
May the power of the Holy Spirit guide our steps, leading each and every one of us to make the choice, the choice to accept the gift and the challenge that is a new life in Christ. Amen.